your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Now, losing a child brings unimaginable grief upon a family and a Limerick mum has decided to write a book to support any family children in particular in a similar situation and I'm joined now by Anya Healy-Collins and you're welcome Anya and thank you very much for coming in and talking to us um, this morning. So tell us about what happened to you, what happened to the family. So in Christmas 2022, um, we had a beautiful daughter called Holly and unfortunately 15 hours later she passed away um, still kind of unknowns to herself why. Um, so as you can imagine as a family, um, you know, wife, husband, child, your body goes into kind of fight, flight or freeze mode almost. So your, well my experience anyway was my brain just froze and then it just froze my body into a state of coping. So then... As you navigate your new journey in the early weeks and the months, your body starts to defrost. And with that defrost, I suppose a new journey automatically comes. So with me and my defrost, I have a four-year-old boy called Kai at home and my mind went straight to, how is Kai coping? How will he cope? Um, what's going through his mind as a four-year-old? How is he internalising it or speaking about it? So um, I suppose Kai loves books. So I tried, as an English teacher, I tried to find the best book for him to find the pictures, the right words, you know, to navigate his mind because young kids, their minds can go anywhere. So you want to kind of guide their mind into a space of comfort and understanding and a little bit of reassurance because it's not tangible for them. You know, this grief early on, it's it's intangible. Mm-hmm. You know, we know the gravity of the word death or died, but they don't. And we know that it's, you know, it's finite. Um, and Kai kind of struggled with that. So I found it ultimately hard to find a book that would that described, I suppose, our particular grief because it's not something that, you know, everyone speaks about because it's 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 so, so difficult. So I suppose Kai became my crutch. So I started sleeping with him in the bed and getting all the snuggles that I could. So there was one night I couldn't sleep and Kai was snoring on my shoulders. And as you do, you take out your mobile phone or you scroll. I found myself gravitating towards the notes app on the iPhone. So I just started dictating. Um, and the notes app and about an hour and 45 minutes later I had the draft of what is now Holly's journey really? yeah I woke up the following morning I remember saying it to my husband I think I wrote a book last night I'm not too sure and he can, he looked at me and was like okay that's what you gotta do you know do it um, and I spoke to close family and friends and showed them the draft and they were like yeah honey there's something in this you know I think you could help somebody so then Felicon are an organisation that help parents um, through bereavement situations of neonatal loss or early pregnancy loss. So we first met them after Holly had passed. So they create this beautiful memory box that you get after your child has passed with tangible objects, handprints, footprints and um, photographs of, you know, of your, of your precious baby. When you don't have it, you will take anything that's tangible because it's a very lonely time without your baby, you know. Um, so I got on to them and I said, look, I think I may have something. It may be a resource. They jumped on it automatically. They were so kind and empathetic and they were like, we'll help you along the journey. You know, let's do this. And, and I think it's important just to ask you to tell us a little bit about your baby as well. Yeah, Holly uh, Holly was and is beautiful, you know. Um, I was 38 weeks. We knew it was going to be a girl. Um Everyone was joking and messing. Could you imagine you had her on Christmas Day? You know, I wasn't due until January. And I was like, oh no, you know, I'll be at home with Kai and Santa. So when ultimately I went into labour, um, 
late Christmas Eve and went in Christmas Day it was just a bit surreal and then to find out that she was actually Limerick's Christmas baby she was the first baby born on Christmas Day in 2022 so it was a serious high peak she jet back hair like her dad you know it was just looking at him um, and we were thrilled over the moon um, Mark got home on time for Santa we FaceTimed Kai and Holly together you know, people were joking, oh, are you ready for the newspaper because she's Limerick's baby? So it was like the epiphany of just hope and happiness. We had a boy, we had a girl, they were healthy. I was good, you know. Um, I was going to be out for Stephen's Day, all going well. And then, you know, I just, there was something niggling at me. She kind of stopped feeding um, very well. She became quite lethargic. Um and then the midwives, they were great. They checked on her and then they brought her down to neonatal because of my reservations, I suppose. And then there was kind of like silence for about what seemed like hours and hours and hours. Mark had managed to come back in because he'd done Santa Claus with Kai. Um, and then it was just myself and another mother in the bed. I distinctly remember we had two girls. She called her daughter Eve because it was Christmas. Um, and I called... Holly was going to be Holly or Kira, but when she was born, Christmas Day, it had to be Holly. Um, the midwife came in and asked us to come down to Neo. And then we were told the seriousness of the situation, that if she was going to make it, she would be a very sick baby. Um, but it's going to be highly unlikely. You know, they were going through my experience, what I had noticed. They tried absolutely everything. But then unfortunately, 15 hours later, you know, we were told that she had passed. Mm. And, and I know, you know, the, the, exactly what happened and all that. That's still a matter, isn't it, of of, um, of investigation? But um, but but Anya, you said earlier about about being frozen. Do you mean in shock, or is is that what? You, yeah, it ultimately it's, sh- it's shock. But my experience with grief um, is my brain froze my body because it was so overwhelming. There was no way I could deal with it. So when Holly had passed, my husband was fantastic. He stood in. He told our immediate family, my immediate family, I could not, I couldn't speak. Um, I just could cry. My body just completely froze. Um, so, and then I kind of spoke to people. They're like, you know, out of the kindness, how are you feeling? No, I said, I don't actually have a feeling. I said, I know I want a hug family. I know I want a hug from Kai. Um, and then bit by bit, I could kind of feel my brain defrosting. And my emotions allowing kind of to become overwhelming almost. Um, and within that defrost, it's it's scary. It's it's an unknown. Like I'm very much now, am I a different person to what I was before I lost her? Part of me is still very much the same. I'm a mom, I'm a teacher, you know, um, very much a family person. But, you know, it's scary. Defrosting after serious grief is scary because I ultimately hid myself for the last 13 months. And with Holly's journey, it's actually forced me to come out of the cocoon of love and support that people have been giving me. You know, family, friends, our community, Felicon, Children's Grief Centre, where Kai gets his counselling, you know, Cleanest Foundation, and again with the book as well through Q Pinching. I've had the world of support personally and professionally, and that has helped me as well. But there's always part of you, I think, as a bereaved parent's parent that has to freeze because ultimately life goes on. And for you to go on, you know, I find myself in limbo between... I suppose almost robot-like. You know, I have to go to work. Kai has to go to school. Kai has his extra extracurricular. I'm a mom. I have to be a wife. You know, it's 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 funny. It's an unusual territory. You teach in Munger, is that right? Munger Community College? Yeah, it should all be in class. But if you're listening, hello. Um, yes. So I taught in John the Baptist out in hospital for ten years, and then last year I changed to Munger Community College, and they really they're a lovely community. They've really embraced embraced me in there, and I'm very happy. 
Nice. We're chatting to Anya Healy Collins. So the book then, as you say, uh, mm-hmm. now, it, you know, when you talk about having written it overnight, the truth is it was obviously in your mind and building yeah, up to the I don't the know point. where it came from, yeah. to be honest. I really think it's, it was kind of like an out-of-body experience. And I know it sounds very unusual and weird, but I almost tried to channel what Kai was thinking, what he would say to Holly and what Holly might say back to him. You know, um, kids, they don't talk like we speak. You know, they... They, they channel things very differently. So I almost feel like it was the conversation that Kai would have to Holly and Holly to him and then how Kai would relay that then to another boy or girl in, the sa- in a similar situation. So now that was the first draft there in four to five minutes along with, so with Felicon, with Q Printing, um, with everybody on board. Brendan Ring was fantastic in this. Um, McLean's Foundation at Q Printing. Um, draft after draft. It, eight months later, we had the finalised version along with a beautiful illustrator in Dublin, Katya Swan, she created something beyond my wildest expectations. Mm. Um, so it's called Holly's Journey um, and it is extremely colourful, which obviously is always a good idea with yeah. a children's book. Um, and what would you say to parents about it? You know, how would you envisage it helping families? So as I said before, the starting point was difficult for us. How do we start this conversation with our son, you know, um, as a brave sibling? Um, so I feel that Holly's journey ultimately is a starting point between a parent and a child to sit down and say, look, this little boy, Kai, he also lost his sister, like you lost your brother or your sister. So it becomes a resource and a starting point. It becomes a resource for um, a child to kind of visualise, to see, as you said, it was colourful, it rhymes, It's it really is an authentic kid's book. It's colourful, but yet, you know, uh, very much toned down um, so ultimately it's a resource for brief siblings and brief parents brief parents have a hard enough time on the fear of how to relate to your child the fear of getting it wrong you know but there is no getting it wrong and ultimately if as brief parents if we can come together in this harsh grief and help each other and support each other you know it's worth it after cocooning as I said for 12 or 13 months the reason that I kind of came out of the cocoon and with this as an English teacher and as a mom and as a brief parent um, is to help other brief parents and to create awareness. I think awareness of um, the loss of an infant is essential for support alone. It seems as though, you know, when you talk to previous generations about this and, and mm-hmm. we would have on the show that um, the loss of an infant is dealt with better now in our society than maybe it once was. Oh, I completely agree with you. I think kind of, I suppose, in the mid-90s, even 1970s, it was very much um, hidden. You know, don't go near her. She, you know, she doesn't want to talk about it. You know, doesn't she have three other kids? She'll be all right. Um, where I think now we're in a society where we do tend to talk through things, which is fantastic. The, the supports are there. You know, um, Felicon themselves, it was, set, it was started in 20, 2009, apologies, by brief parents themselves who had been through it, who know the loss so, you know, people have become much more outspoken. They know the value of help. You know, like we get help from Velicon and Kai gets help from Children's Grief Centre. There's serious value in it. Yeah. Is it an amazing organisation, Velicon? Most definitely. You know, and we had not come across it until Holly had passed. Um, it's non-profit. So like the book, the book is completely non-profit. It's on sale, pre-sale in Nomadney at the moment for 10 euro. So five euro goes to Velicon and five euro goes to Children's Grief Centre. Um, and without the funding and the awareness of Felicon, you know, they, they they don't run. We like we got a beautiful memory box with a beautiful um, a hat, um, 
a, cl- a cardigan for Holly, everything for her for her funeral, as well as handprints, footprints, um, little photos, all free. You know, but all so important. And as I said before, tangible. When you go home without your baby, like you have six months maternity leave. So to have these little things, little candle you can light with her name in it and the Felicon logo, they become almost your routine, but your coping routine. Do you even remember the funeral? Um, I do. I hadn't for a long time. Um, so we didn't actually bury her. We cremated her out in Shannon. It was a beautiful, very intimate ceremony. Um, I I suppose we had two two undertakers, which were fantastic. John Mark Griffin and Griffin's Funeral Home and um, Madigan's Funeral Home. Um, out in West Limerick and I suppose they made it as seamless as possible for us they took over as well as our immediate family took over you know they really really did our immediate family were phenomenal in all of this I remember bits I remember sitting down with Mark picking out what songs that we'd have um, who would speak Mark said an amazing eulogy for her Um, my dad spoke my brother spoke very very intimate as I said there's 20 of us there Um, and I wouldn't that was our way of coping with it you know, I couldn't bring her to a church. I couldn't bring her to uh, a grave with the bells ringing. It just didn't sit well with me for our daughter, you know. And I just felt it was my first time in a crematorium. It was so calm. It was so intimate. And it was the way we wanted to say goodbye. So it's a, a beautiful book, Holly's Journey um, by Anya Healy Collins. Where are the proceeds going and where can people get the book? So you can get it online at the moment, pre-sale in O'Mahony's. It's... Um, it's live online. We have the official launch next Wednesday on the 7th at half six. So everybody is welcome. Where's that? In O'Mahony's as well. So the book will be officially in store then from the 8th, but you can also buy it at the launch. But from the 8th on, it'll also be available in the spare shop in Ballangarry. So Don Logrady owns the spare shop in Ballangarry um, and he kindly has come on board to sell Holly's journey in our local community because we both thought it was fitting, you know, Holly is and will always be a Ballangarry girl. So I think it was so fitting to have the book accessible to the local people in the community who have been there for us. So online, in-store in Mahoney's and in-store in Spar and Ballangarry. And who's benefiting? Benefiting, apologies. So Children's Grief Centre and Failacon, 50-50. Great. Completely Two non-profit. amazing organisations. We know the Children's Grief Centre very well here as well. And you also mentioned Cleanism. Indeed, we only had Brendan with us uh, in the studio last week. Well, listen, thank you very much for telling us um, your story and for telling us about this book, which I'm sure will help many, many families and especially children. Holly's Journey by Anya Healy Collins. Thank you very much. Thank you much. very much for having me. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.